Hello, and thank you for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in Genesis 33, but before we start reading, let's go ahead and uh, just open with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the many blessings that you've bestowed on us. I thank you for all that you've done for me, and I just thank you for the reading today. I'm grateful for the, the story and the insights that this provides. And I just pray, Father, as we read today, that you would be the one who speaks to us, that there'd be nothing from me, and that our spirits would commune with you and link completely with yours, and being spiritual beings that we would grow more completely. And that at some point today, we can say, I have enough. So, Father, I just pray that my heart would be open to you and to you, Holy Spirit, to talk to me. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So today we read about Jacob coming face to face with Esau. And this is 20 years in the making and 20 years of fear to be built up in Jacob's mind about how it might go. And also a chance for Esau potentially to plot how he's going to kill his brother. (laughs) I mean, it's been, they didn't leave on good terms, but it's amazing how they both, out of both both of their mouths, they say the same thing. So let's just go ahead and uh, get started. In verse 1, Jacob looked up and there was Esau coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servants and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. So it's interesting, the fear and the supplication that he's doing and performing before his brother. It seems that he's forgotten that he has angels, an angel army on his side, and that God has told him he's going to be as numerous as you know the, sc- the stars in the heaven. But he's still concerned and scared. <clears throat> so he's bowing down to his brother. But Esau ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arms around his neck and kissed him, which I'm sure is probably not what, what Jacob was expecting. And they wept. Then Esau looked up and saw the women and children. Who are these with you? He asked. What a typical uncle type of thing to say. Jacob answered, They are the children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female servants and their children approached and bowed down. Next Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, and they too bowed down. Esau asked, What's the meaning of all these flocks and herds I met? To find favor favor in your eyes, my lord, he said. But Esau said, I already have plenty. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob, if I have found favor in your eyes, accept this gift from me, for this, for to see your face is like seeing the face of God, now that you have received me favorably. Please accept the present that was brought to you, for God has been gracious, and I have all I need. And because Jacob insisted, Esau accepted. Then Esau said, Let, let us be on our way, I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, My Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for the ewes and cows that are nursing their young. If they are driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the flocks and herds before me and the pace of their children until I come to my Lord in Seir. 
Esau said, then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? asked Jacob. Just let me find favor in the eyes of my Lord. So that day Esau started on his way back to Seir. Jacob, however, went to Succoth, where he built a place for himself and made shelters for his livestock. That is why the place is called Succoth. Now, I don't, I don't understand this part, and I've done some reading on it, but it seems like maybe Jacob is back to being his deceptive self. When he sits there and he says, Oh, no, I'm not going to, no, I'll, I'll, I'll just come along later and meet you. He had some sort of plan, I guess, in, in, uh, in mind to go and build a home somewhere else. After Jacob came from Padam Aram, he arrived safely at the, at the city of, of Shechem in Canaan and camped with, within sight of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver he bought from the sons of Hamor, the father of, she- of Shechem, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he set up an altar and called it Elo- El- Elohi Israel. So that's the end of it. It's a very short chapter. But it's very interesting because here after seeing his brother, for tw- not having seen him for 20 years, for having been in fear for 20 years or concerned about what would happen when he goes back, he sees him. His brother doesn't try to kill him. In fact, he hugs him and, and weeps with him, weeps over him. And it's very kind and gracious. And then he's like, okay, cool. I'm going a different way than you. So it just seems to me a little bit strange and not how I would expect it to it to have happened. But what's interesting is how they both basically said, I have enough. And in my reading on Spurgeon, one of the comments he makes is, when God's will and our will are contrary to one another, we may be sure that there is something amiss with us. We are never right till God's will becomes our will, and we can honestly say, the will of the Lord be done. Therefore, it is a sad thing when a Christian cannot say, I have enough. But it is a very sweet thing when he can truthfully say it. Then does he really enjoy life, when he thanks God for what he is and for what he is not, when he thanks God for health and also for sickness, when he thanks God for gains and also for losses, when he sings a song in the night, as the nightingale does, as well as a song in the day, as the lark. He then proves that he does not follow God for what he gets out of him, as stray dogs will follow a man in the street who feeds them, but that he follows God out of sincere love to him, because God is his master and he belongs to him. So that really sums up this journey. I want to be able to say, I have enough. I need my will to be in alignment with God's so that nothing is amiss. Now, is that, you know, and then here comes the, you know, the intellect and also maybe the devil. But is that me wanting to be good or do I want to be in alignment with God because I love him? That's what the journey, and that's what I'll find out someday. So with that, I'm just going to close us with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. I'm grateful for all that you do and all that you are. I just pray that I would continue to do your will, and that at some point here in the very near future, I can say, I have enough. And Lord, I just pray for all the many people 
out there who need help. I pray for the people, the victims in Florida of the hurricane, and the victims of violence, and those who just are alone and feel lost, Lord. I lift up our country and pray that it would become that shining light on a hill again. I pray for our friends and our families. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.